station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, movie secret agent, Melissa Kersher. Hello! And we are joined today by our very special guest, movie, uh, we're going to call her um, uh, uh, villain sidekick, uh, <laughs> Chris Vanderkamp. Hi, Chris! Yay, I'm a sidekick! You're a villain sidekick. Ooh. That means you die before the regular villain. Oh, crap. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, we are here to talk about a movie that Chris has not seen. The movie is Goldfinger. So, as is our tradition, since Chris is our virgin for this film, yeah, whatever. You know, never mind. All right, so, (laughs) since Chris is our noob for this film... That's a better word. Chris, uh, you need to tell us, what do you know about the film Goldfinger? I know jack shit. Jack shit. Awesome. I've seen Goldmember. A okay. long time ago. Okay. So, and and I know Goldfinger has James Bond in it. Has James Bond in it. Goldfinger has James Bond in it. That's right. true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, you know, I... It, the it, fact it, that the, the giant box set of Blu-rays sitting next to me says Bond in it on big shiny, shiny silver letters. It seems like a strange thing for you to bring along if we were not watching right. a film with James Bond in it. I am right. literate. Yes, well done. So, uh, yes, this is a James Bond film. Goldfinger is uh, the third. It is the third in the official series, in the the Eon series. Yeah, so in the official, like, Broccoli... uh, Yeah, uh, Broccoli uh, being the producer. Broccoli produced uh, Bond films, Mm -hmm. uh, the first being Dr. No, the second being From Russia With Love. Correct. Uh, And I have an interesting story about Goldfinger, From Russia With Love, and Dr. No that I will tell... Later. After the break, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's, I mean, we try to avoid spoilers before the break. Right. Um, I don't think we spoiled it for maybe anybody who listened to this podcast. <laughs> That's probably that Goldfinger true. <laughs> is a Bond film. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are starting our trek through Bond films. We are going to watch a film featuring each of the actors who played James Bond in a James Bond film, plus... A film by those actors in another movie, with featuring those actors in another movie. So mm-hmm. we're going to start with with uh, this one, which has Sean Connery, and then we are going to watch another film that has Sean Connery in it, and then we'll mo- move on to George Lazenby. And I, I don't know what the hell we're doing for. I think we have. A I plan. think for La- George Lazenby, uh, since it's hard to find a lot of his like exploitation stuff, um, I think we'll we'll follow one of the other actors. Oh, in that one oh, movie. is that our plan? Yes. All right. Yes, because we have a plan. Because one of the other actors was in a very interesting movie. We have a yes. plan. Yes. So, so, uh, but Goldfinger. Uh, <sighs> Most people would argue that the majority of the tropes you recognize in Bond films have their origin in Goldfinger. It's true. Um, it's true. If you if you do start watching these in order and you have some familiarity with the Bond franchise in general and you start just marathoning these things, like Doctor No feels like they haven't quite figured out the formula yet. From Russia with Love kind of is like, okay, they're starting to get the hang of it. And this is it. this is what most people think of when they think of as a James Bond movie. Right. So uh, it is um, actually, uh, consi- and, and, and of course, uh, the thing that I like about this movie is it makes it super, uh, Bond films make it super easy for me to pick 
the music that I'm going to be putting on yeah. when we go to our break. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the song. Um, so that's that's a good deal. So I don't want to say much else about it. I mean, if you know Bond, this film is going to l- seem kind of familiar. <laughs> yes, but, yes. But as with as with other other films that we've watched uh, on this podcast, you'll watch it and you'll recognize all these tropes. And the important thing is to go. The tropes started here, right? Um, and that is that is why Goldfinger was the film we chose for Sean Connery because right. uh, because you know we easily could have chosen the original Bond film Doctor No, but really Goldfinger is kind of where all the Bondness gels. Yeah. Well, technically, if you want to choose the original Bond film, it was an American-made, made-for-TV movie starring a guy named was it Barry Nelson. But we didn't, we didn't want but to we choose that. we didn't want to do that. Because it's not good. <clears throat> because, dear listeners. But it does it does have Peter Lorre as Le Chiffre. <laughs> it does. It because, really does. dear listeners, we respect you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The only time we made you watch a movie none of us liked was when we did La Dolce Vita. And that's behind us now. That's behind us Thank now. Thank God. <laughs> so, uh, with that said, um, with Chris telling her she knows jack nothing about this film, except that it's a Bond film which was correct, uh, we are going to go off and we're going to watch Goldfinger. So I hope you do the same thing, because that's how this is supposed to work. We'll be back. Goldfinger He's the man The man with the Midas touch A spider's touch Such a cold finger And we are back. Many hats have been thrown. Many ejector seats have been activated. Mm -hmm. Several ethnic minorities have been killed. (laughs) And it's time for us to check in and see what Chris thought of Goldfinger. So, Chris, your first viewing of Goldfinger. Please tell us your thoughts about the film. Um, so, wow, I, it's been a long time since I've watched a film from the 60s. Yeah. And I had forgotten how much they got away with in the 60s that there's no way anybody would get away with now. Yeah. Like, um, like Bond butt-slapping women? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does not fly these days. Um, let's see. Which is probably okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, James Bond could, realistically, I'd probably be okay with him slapping my butt. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but the... There's there's a lot to it. But nobody gets to make money off that. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless... Well, there are some ways to make money off of doing that, but that's... That's another story. Yeah, I think that's probably a different podcast. It's a very yeah. different podcast, yes. Um, so, uh, so, so there was that. Also, the um, let's see. So, so when, when we were talking earlier before before we actually watched the film, uh, you guys were saying that this is kind of like the quintessential Bond. This is when they yeah. got it right. This is where a lot of the Bond tropes come from, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool. Like, the whole ejector seat thing. Like, oh, okay, so yeah. that's in, like, every spy thing, every spy movie, every spy cartoon. It's an Inspector Gadget. Yeah. And yeah. this is where it all came from. Yeah. So that was really cool. This movie essentially establishes the Q branch sequence yeah. that we see in pretty much every subsequent Bond film. It, it establishes the Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. This was, even though it's the third movie in the series, this is the first one where they... Uh, they they Bond movies are all about gadgetry and machinery and and widgets and gadgets and um, 
so cars and vehicles are super important, but this is the first time Aston Martin gave him a couple cars, and uh, this is the one that really clicked with audiences. Yeah. And therefore, James Bond's car has been an Aston Martin pretty much throughout, or at least there have been throwbacks. If, if they can help it. If they can help it, it's an Aston Martin. <laughs> I, I'm also really coveting that ejector seat. That's yeah. it's a great really, ejector I, seat. I want one. Yeah. It's, the problem is it's, it's single use. I feel like if it if it could be used over and over again. Well, I feel like you should be able to like reset that. You can yeah. yeah you, I, you can bring it back to Q Branch and they can put another one well, in. Sure, but you might need it twice on one trip. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Well, and it also probably just just thinking about the mechanics of this. If there were actually really an ejector seat, it would be difficult to put a passenger in the car after you had, yeah, after you'd fired the ejector seat before yeah. you took it back to Q Branch. Well, the, the worst thing that ever happened to Bond films is uh, MythBusters because oh god, yeah, yeah, uh, we don't want to talk about ejection seats, but uh, or, or painting women in gold, or to, painting uh, women in gold. Yeah, that yeah. that uh, is another one that we really don't want to discuss. I was googling that. Well, yeah, yeah you can. Like, can you actually do that? No, 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 you no. Can't do that. no. no. And it's just as well, because somebody probably tried, and it's nice to know that that wouldn't have succeeded. Mm -hmm. um, oh, somebody probably made internet porn about that. Well, probably. Yeah, probably. It was in the <coughs> given the, what they were making in the 70s, they probably made regular old porn about it. Um, <laughs> That's probably true. Which is not the, okay. the purpose of this podcast. That's although, the other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the I mean, the other thing that they established is the... James Bond part of being part of the pre-credit sequence mm -hmm. um, because in the first two uh, Bond films there is a pre-credit sequence but Bond is not in them mm -hmm. um, and, so and additionally the big title song and music video sort of thing that goes on over the title credits that starts here okay so um, and the weird thing the, with the half-naked girls and the yeah just, yeah just that 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 starts, and I, you probably have the, remember the mm -hmm. name, Melissa, because you remember such things. But the person who did, the guy who did the credit sequence for Bond through at least Pierce Brosnan, yeah. at least the beginning of the Pierce Brosnan era. Yeah. Same guy that yeah. produced all of these title sequences that basically don't have any connection to the movie at all. I mean, yeah, in they, the they, sense, they have like, well, the, the connection here was the one that was painted gold. Yay! Yay! <laughs> or like oh. in uh, oh god, whichever <coughs> one it was the the one about the uh, the world is not enough was it that where the women were like made of oil or yes yeah and they got more elaborate as they he, got much as more he had more elaborate tools to use mm -hmm. but uh, but here they're just projecting scenes from I think Goldfinger and the other two Bond the the other two Bond films that yeah. heretofore existed um, on a woman who's been painted gold and yes. it's pretty simple but it's really classy yeah it actually it's looks very, it's very it's memorable cool. it's very cool yeah it actually looks pretty cool and which is why it's stuck mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean there's so many things here that they introduce in this movie and the, the reason that they are not tropes is because they stuck and they were awesome <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and uh, I mean they did have a big old shootout in a in an enemy base kind of thing at the end of Doctor No, mm -hmm. not at the end of From Russia with Love, right? Um, and, but, but that becomes basically the established. This is what's going to happen in a Bond film mm -hmm. for decades. 
Um, yeah. It's only when Daniel Craig came along that they, they decided to maybe move away from that trope occasionally. They, they well, because by that time it got really kind of stodgy. <laughs> yeah. Well, anybody you could write out the formula for a yeah, yeah. Anybody who's seen Die Another Day oh, God. Uh, would, knows that they, they pretty much at that point had, had managed to. Yeah. Is that a Bond film we don't talk about? Oh, we talk about it in the sense that we don't want it. You don't want to watch it. I did, I really don't. I, I mean, there are worse Bond movies, <coughs> Thunderball, but um, yeah. mm-hmm. boy, yeah, it's it's just one that's not. Die another day is half. Die another day is is a Bond film where they make make the mistake of moving away from physical stunts that may have been unrealistic, but at least you could tell people were doing them. And mm-hmm. in Die Another Day, they started doing a lot of CG stunts yeah. that looked really bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And and, uh, yeah. and and and, and yeah. well, anyway, we're not talking about Die Another Day. We're not. Because but actually, that brings up something that I had been thinking about during the entire film because it's probably pretty evident that I'm not well versed in Bond films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really struck me about this was that Bond is not like a class A physical fighter. No. He's he's, he's a brawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he can he can probably break a, break a chair over somebody's head, but when I, he's when he's fighting somebody who knows what they're doing, there's a decent chance that he's going to lose. Yeah. And that is very different than how films are made now. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was I, I actually really liked that because it seemed very realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, it's he he usually gets out of his messes by ingenuity or Or you sleeping know, with somebody. Or, or, or sleeping with or somebody. Sleeping with somebody, yeah. <laughs> All of which are used in this film. Oh yeah. Um, or gadgets, you know. Q yeah. Q saves his or ass gadgets so while many times. sleeping with somebody. Yeah. Yes. Oh <laughs> some combination thereof, yeah. And it, the the movies always go from like location to exotic location, and there's usually and some then to Kentucky, of, and then <laughs> Kentucky. Well, Which, it is a British-made film, depending yeah. depending on your definition of exotic <laughs> location. <laughs> well, you know they had to get to Fort Knox somehow, right? And uh, it the like I said, all the gadgets, and there's usually a really overblown villain, and there's usually a really awesome henchman for and that the villain, villain has an elaborate plan there's an elaborate just... plan and usually there's a fortress of some sort and I mean, I know yeah. that much yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, that's the kind of the standard <clears throat> formula but mm-hmm. but I, that was something that really that really stood out at me especially from the the almost the first scene with the girl in the bathtub and mm-hmm. and he looked like he was gonna lose yeah 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 but he manages to, to tough it out, to gut yeah. it out. And he electrocutes the guy in the bathroom. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Or he, you know, electrocutes the odd job at the end. <laughs> so, you know, it's foreshadowing. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, Ooh. yes. Ooh. You're key to quality filmmaking. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, odd job is one of those great characters that uh, I don't think they do a really good job of giving you a, a henchman as interesting as Odd Job until Jaws, who's basically Odd Job. Yeah, Jaws, it, Jaws has teeth that can bite things. So, it, and Odd Job has a hat. And he doesn't talk. <laughs> he doesn't and he's talk. Just, you can it, punch it, him the, and punch him and punch him and nothing happens. Yeah, he, he's the big bad. Um, the, well, it's, he's really easy to define. Within, yeah. a few, within a few moments of screen time, you've established everything that you need to know about the character. He right. has a hat that he can cut things with and he doesn't talk. Right. And so... Instantly, you have definition mm-hmm. and you have memorability because everybody's going to remember those two things about Odd Job forever. Yeah, 
And, and you know, it was coupled with uh, Harold Sakata in the role, who was uh, a wrestler, uh, never really had done acting before, but he has this great presence on screen, and it actually led to, to him doing more movies after this. Not many, but he did. And uh, In any of those movies, kinda... did he throw a hat? Yes, <laughs> indeed. Because you have to. You yeah, have to throw a hat. pretty much one. The, the funny thing, though... Um, Your typecasting is a guy who throws a hat. Something I was thinking about while watching this was... Uh, I, I don't think Goldfinger came up with the hat, the hat as a weapon, because the Avengers uh, actually preceded the James Bond films, the uh, the John Steed, Emma Peel Avengers. That started in 1961, so it predates Dr. No. And John Steed has a hat made of metal. It's a bowler, mm. and he clubs people with it and throws it at people. And, and so I think that, actually, that element actually came from the Avengers. Hmm. And uh, the Avengers actually has a lot of overlap with James Bond because that was uh, also kind of the new hotness on the TV side. And the Avengers was also this spy thing, but it was more a wink and a nod, and it was kind of like spies meet the Twilight Zone because there was always this kind of weird and almost absurdist element to it. It was really fun. But um, John Steed is played by Patrick McNee, and his first... Uh, female companion on that show was Honor Blackman, who is playing Pussy Galore in this movie. So we've got an Avengers connection there. Yeah, definitely. She left the show. She left to the play show this role. to to uh, be in Goldfinger, and then she was replaced on the show by Diana Rigg, who later uh, was in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Ha <laughs> And um, Ray Fiennes, who is currently playing M in the series. Played John Steed played. in the horrible, horrible Avengers movie. It got, it's got awful. It's so bad. It, it was made by people who did not understand the Avengers yeah. at all. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Don't watch it. But Ray Fiennes, hey, cool. <laughs> so, but, you know, there are a so, lot of different overlaps with... Lots of Bond connections. Yeah, lot, many, many. Lots of Bonds... Between the two. Really? Ah, I see what you did there. there that, it is. That's really awful. Need, Whoa. Oh. <laughs> but John Steed was also this this dapper fellow who, who made little wisecracks and, you know, always clevered yeah, his way out of the <clears throat> situation. It's been a while since I've watched Dr. No from Rush With Love. Uh, but, I mean, I think a lot of the wisecracks that uh, Bond uses are kind of sourced from Goldfinger. Yeah, they start here um, because um, the other two movies are kind of have a darker tone. This this is the one do. where it started to kind of lighten up and it's like, let's have fun going to exotic locations and ogling pretty girls and like Kentucky. Um, turn turn lesbians to the good size side with the power of our dicks. Yes. You know, yeah, and, uh, that's yeah. really the one thing they don't mention yeah. in the film, I mean, they imply in, with a couple of lines, but in, yeah. the, in the original story, Pussy Galore is a lesbian, and, and Bond turns her straight. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, because that's not uncomfortable at all. No. Not no. rapey at all. No, no. Th- and that whole scene was not rapey Not rapey at all. Mm, mm. That, that's, that's our sarcastic faces right here, yeah. by the way. Yeah, you, you guys yeah. can't see that. But. <clears throat> so my story about Goldfinger... Yes, please, please tell. Um, I've... I, I got introduced to Bond very young. My parents took me to a Bond triple feature while we were living in New Mexico. I think I was about seven or eight um, when we went to see this triple feature. And the triple feature was the first three Bond films. Mm-hmm. So it was Dr. No from Wash With Love and Goldfinger. Now, I was seven or eight. 
So by the time we got done with from Russia with Love, I was beat. And yeah. we left. So I did not see Goldfinger. And for the longest time, that was the only Bond film I had not seen. <laughs> because I had missed it at that at that critical juncture. Yeah. And then just ended up uh, watching other Bond films. They get televised a lot. I watched them on TV. I did go see most of the Bond films that, that came out from that point on in the movie theater. So it was very interesting to me that to me I never saw that transition from from Rush with Love and Doctor No to the Bond films that we recognize because I never saw Goldfinger and I never saw that they kind of were like oh okay here's our structure here's how Bond films work you didn't see the transitional fossil <laughs> I didn't I didn't and yet there was one yeah and, yeah <clears throat> which is hard to believe I, I've heard they don't exist but the point is that um, I, I I never saw. Goldfinger until much later, um, and uh, watching it later and, and and going, oh, okay, I get it, I mm -hmm. I, I see how this happened because from Rush, from Rush with Love especially, yeah, is a weird Bond. Film. It's a dark. Film. It's super dark, and it's just about Bond trying to get a Russian agent out of Russia. Yeah, it's 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 a Bond road movie. Yeah. Huh. It's good though. I re I really like from Russian Book Love, but it's with the exception nothing. of the, there's a lot of misogyny in that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's, there's a lot of misogyny in most Bond movies. I yeah, would say that's um. So you know what's really interesting with this whole discussion, and and I don't think it's unique to this discussion, but people can't talk about a Bond film except in the context of other Bond films. Yeah, because like, they're like one big happy family. Yeah, so you're you're. <laughs> our, our goal here is to talk about Goldfinger, and we're talking about more like the tr the first the the, fir the the first trilogy of the Bond films. Yeah, because you're ta we're talking about Goldfinger in the context of Russia of From Russia with Love and Doctor No, because right. there's a progression there. So it's just it's kind of an interesting observation of discussion about one Bond film expands for the entire Bond universe. Yeah, and I mean, especially for this one, since it was kind of a major turning point in the entire series. I mean, this was, when it was released, it was, at the time, the fastest grossing movie ever released. It made Buckets. shit tons of money yeah. very, very fast. Like, it made back its entire budget, and it wasn't a cheap budget. It made it all back in, like, two weeks. It was wow. just done. And uh, they... They were enormously popular movies, and and still are. Oh yeah. And so this was not just a turning point in the Bond series, and you know setting it up for a series that's continuing <laughs> even today, but it's a it's a turning point in cinema in terms of how action movies are directed, or you know, this was kind of a uh, a big turning point in what spy movies would be. Yeah, I mean Bond is. There, there were spy movies before mm -hmm. Bond arrived, yeah. and there have been many spy movies since. But most spy movies since Bond, and especially since Goldfinger, have the fingerprints of Bond all over them. Mm -hmm. Which isn't surprising. Oh. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Austin Powers is a direct parody of Bond. But right. there are others, like uh, the Armand Flint series with James Coburn, mm -hmm. which is delightful. Um, and again, very much a take on Bond, except giving sort of a swinging '70s uh, sort of sort of vibe to the same character. It's it's really weird and silly. Yeah. Um, and 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 there have been these parody versions of Bond throughout the film, and then and then you get 
Then, then you get to stuff like the Bourne movies, mm-hmm. which are almost a deconstruction of Bond. They're almost yeah. a reaction to Bond. Um, yeah, because by the time you get into like the 80s and 90s, the, the formula was so stale, everything was starting to pull back from it. Except for the Bond movies, which is how we got like Die Another Day. Because <laughs> yeah, they were like, we can still keep doing this. And so we're like, oh. And we, oh, and we got that heinous title song from Madonna. <sighs> yeah. I guess I'll die <laughs> another day. It was something like that. I don't know. I've not spent a lot of time listening to it. I want to Wait, be really what? honest about this. I thought you were a big Madonna fan. I, I am a big Madonna fan, but not of that particular song. Yeah, it wasn't her finest. I'm word. also a big AHA fan, and yet I don't spend a lot of time listening to The Living Daylights. That wasn't. A, that was just not a great theme. Oh, I mean, yeah, and so like from the here on... Daylights. I mean, from here on... The I mean, from Russia with Love had a a theme song, but it came in at the end during the ending credits. But from here, it was like Shirley Bassey with that great gold finger. She's you so know, good she, they bring her back twice, three hey. times. Ooh, she did. I thought three, that she did three themes, so they brought her back twice. Her, okay, yes, yeah. yes, three themes. Yeah, and uh, so uh, Moonraker and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Moonraker, by the way, being a film worse than Die Another Day. Um, That's a terrible movie, but it's at least cheesy fun. Mm, They go to space. They do go to space. They do go to space. And Jaws is in it. And Jaws is in it. Yeah. And he gets a girlfriend. That's awesome. He does. So It's cute. (laughs) It's cute. It it is really cute. She looks like Heidi. (laughs) She is cute. Yeah. But it's uh it's a really doofy movie. Oh my god. But bring it back to to Goldfinger. <laughs> you know, back to, to Goldfinger. Back to Goldfinger. Back we come. Yeah. Lots of firsts in here. Uh first time a laser beam is seen in a movie. Ooh. Yeah. Really? That was hot shit new technology back then. And I'm pretty sure they weren't wrapped in neon lights. Yeah, in the book was, it was oh, a circular was... saw. Yeah. And they were like, ah, circular saw has been done. Mm-hmm. We need something new and interesting. So yeah. they went for Let's a, put a laser, laser beam. Laser beams. Yeah. Uh, we were also talking uh, kind of during in that same kind of place in the film about how giant that model was. Yeah. And how much infrastructure was required to support it. Yeah, oh, the giant scissor lift underneath that yeah, model. Just like the, whole, yeah. the whole idea that amazing. he created this elaborate presentation of what he was going to do to a bunch of people he was going to kill. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But it was like, I gotta tell somebody. Mm-hmm. I got it. Somebody has to know how smart I am. And this is going to be the best PowerPoint presentation of all time. I know. I really need to stop using PowerPoints in my, my classes and start using giant models supported by scissor lifts. Yeah, I really do, I too. think my students would really more enjoy that a lot. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm thinking I need a pool table in my house that flips over and turns into a giant pad of blinking lights and switches. And you're going to need a lot of infrastructure for that, apparently. <laughs> i got to say one of, my favorite, do. one of my favorite moments from this film is the moment at the end where Bond's got to defuse the bomb, and he just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I love that. That's he's fantastic. He's like, uh, I don't have any time left. I'm just going to do this. Click. <laughs> and it stops at 007. Yes. Even though he did nothing. He, he did, did nothing except pause, which was probably smart yeah <laughs> no I, I also thought that was great just the the whole and it, it, I think it kind of com- goes back to that what I was saying about he's not that great of a fighter yeah I like that that he is not perfect yeah I like that yeah. very much because I'm tired of seeing perfect heroes but he's smart mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean he, he, he sends a message out mm-hmm. 
and is screwed only because of the method by which they choose to dispose of the body. Yeah. You know, if he just dumped the body by the side of the road, which, you know, you would think nine times out of ten he's going to do. Mm-hmm. But no, we're going to crush it into a car. <laughs> Who else would do that? And Seriously. bring it back to Goldfinger's house. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, I would now. <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea yeah, now. It's, it's great um, now. Yeah. Now that next time I have to dispose of a body, totally crushing it into a car. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> a, large, well, a large 60s car. I'm about to get cut in half by a laser. How do I buy a little bit of time? Mm-hmm. To try and stop this guy, well, it, it, it's it's yeah. it's it's nice to see. And Bond quickly is going to become a lot more. What do we want to say? Capable, mm-hmm. well-rounded. But I mean his his fighting style. If it, we'll wa- we'll watch a Roger Moore film, yeah. Um, and his fighting style in the Roger Moore era is more of a brawler. It's really once yeah. we get to the modern era where fight choreography is getting a lot more elaborate that that, that finds its way into a Bond film. But he yeah. still is more of a brawler. I mean, the Daniel Craig Bond is, is more of a brawler than a martial artist. Yeah, and, and um, the it's interesting how the personality of Bond kind of shifts depending on who's playing him because they tend to try to play to that actor's strengths. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, it's kind of like Doctor Who, you know, every mm-hmm. so often, you know, the Bond regenerates and <laughs> and he's got a little bit of... James, own... <laughs> James Bond is a Time Lord. That's it's not perspective. so outside the realm of possibility. He'd be the yeah. spy. Yeah. Totally. He's a, if, he, if, if all of the Time Lords are archetypes, mm. he's the spy. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, it works. So, Melissa, we have not uh, addressed... I mean, we've, we've gone through some of the trivia that I'm sure you have for the movie. This is the trivia portion of the show. Okay. What uh, interesting p- tidbits of trivia do we need to share about Goldfinger that we've not yet shared? Well, um, a major component of this movie is is the music, which is fantastic. Not just the opening song. Not just the opening song, but also... John Barry's wonderful score throughout. Um, it also kind of starts the habit of um, when John Barry was doing the scores through for many, many years in the Bond movies, he'd take that theme song and bring it into the themes of the movie. And so it'd get echoed throughout. And so he had a lot of fun with that. But the first person to ever hear that score was Michael Caine because Michael Caine was broke and uh, couch surfing <laughs> at Barry's apartment. And when Barry finished the score, he goes, okay, okay, Michael, you have to listen to this. And so, Michael's like, all right, mate, all right. give me a free, free play. I can't do a Michael Caine. No, you can't. That's not a Michael Caine. Remember remember how I told you to, how to do Michael Caine's accent? No. Say, my cocaine. That's his okay. name in Michael his Caine. accent. Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Caine. So I can now do his name in his accent. Yeah, it's a start. But, uh, that's, but it, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But it'll get, right. it'll get it in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Da, 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 da. All right. And, I've got Michael. And also, I've got Michael Caine in my mouth. Some anyway. of the that's guitar. That's wow. <laughs> I'll just take a pause here. All right. <laughs> For real education porn. Uh, <laughs> Boy, so, <laughs> we get a lot of people listening to that. Yeah, I bet we would. So, um, also working on uh, parts of the of the music in the movie apparently was Jimmy Page pre Led Zeppelin doing some guitar work. Huh? Yeah, who knew? Hmm. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Good and the, for him. And he had work. And the producer <laughs> of the opening song <laughs> was George Martin of Beatles fame. 
Wow. The producer for the Beatles, which is interesting because they take a total pod shot. The they Beatles do. They the take script. a. It's like a Beatles and earmuffs. I'm like, oh fuck you, James Bond. <laughs> well, remember, it is the 1964 Beatles. Um, later this later this same year was when uh, Hard Day's Night came out. Yeah. Yeah. Which that, we have covered on this and same that podcast. That totally changed and boosted the image of the Beatles. So mm. they they were in transition during this time as well. Um, let's see what else. Um, you're looking at me like I've got the notes, and you're the one with the oh, notes. Oh, I know, in front I do. I, I took very, very scant oh. notes for this one. It's yeah, well, pages. I mean, a lot of the details are really about about where this yeah. stands in the in the Bond, um, in the Bond genre. What mm-hmm. it what it did to as far as as far as uh, moving Bond from what it had been in the first two films to what it has become for pretty much every film since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of covered all yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Martini shaken, not stirred. Yep. This yeah. was the first movie yeah. for that. Really? He ordered a martini shaken nut stirred. And I think it's the only time that Sean Connery's Bond orders a martini shaken nut stirred. Huh. So, yeah. other times he just doesn't. And, and you only leave twice. He, he drinks sake. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of other... But he sure, he drinks a lot. He's big into the drinking. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> he's alcohol for three. <laughs> yeah. But You're the only one. But you're the only one. Hey, you know, they're prepared for him. <sighs> so... And there's always debate in the uh, cocktail people circles. It's like that's not the proper way to do a martini, you know. Got it. Yeah, but that's the way Bond likes it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true, and it it waters it down, which is probably why he orders it that way, so he doesn't get as drunk. Oh, smart, smart. It's Bond using his brain Mm -hmm. to make people think he's drinking a lot when Mm -hmm. he's really not, and he's still super sharp. Yep. Or at least that sharper than you would be <laughs> with the stirred martini. Yeah. That could be true. That could be true. Uh, also, talking about misogyny in, in, uh, in Bond <laughs> movies and movies in general, especially during <laughs> previous eras, uh, Honor Blackman was the oldest Bond girl up until the pr- the most recent movie, up until Spectre. Spectre. She was 39. All Bond huh. girls have been younger than her. And uh, Spectre beat her with, by casting Monica Bellucci, who was 51. It's like, yay, Monica Bellucci. Yeah. That and hot on. damn, I want to age like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit. I can't believe Monica Bellucci is 51. Wow. Yeah. Monica Bellucci is 51. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, not anymore. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. older now. Or yeah, she's, she's now 53. 253 depends depends where her birthday was yeah Yeah, specter was uh 2015 yeah so yeah they um they they tend to play uh, be younger which is uh certainly interesting when you're getting to the end of like the roger moore era oh god because roger moore was older than sean connery when he started to play bond if i remember correctly yeah and roger moore got that part because he was playing the saint which was all also kind of a spy thriller series and so they kind of went "Ooh, he's right (laughs) yeah i saw the i saw the the film with val kilmer oh yeah yeah so when roger moore is is already older than sean connery and oh by the by the time he gets to a view to a kill it's like oh oh that that, mm, that's, that's really that's, uncomfortable. That's creepy, looking. creepy grandfather and, kind of. Yeah. He's, he, he hooks up with Grace Jones of all people. Yeah, like, a view gazelle, to a kill. Gazelle-looking Grace Jones. You know, uh, th- this amazing like what is she like six foot two black yeah. woman, and and it's like oh my god, she she'll break you. 
Wow, <laughs> that, that, that's not right. <laughs> a view to a kill is, is wow. It's anyway. Be so, careful with Grandpa. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Grand, Grandpa Bond. Grandpa I, Bond. So, uh, I think we're, we're, we're reaching the end, so yeah. that means we're reaching time for final thoughts. So, Chris, why don't we go to you first? What are your final thoughts about Goldfinger? It made me want to see more Bond films. Mm. All right. Which is not something that has happened before. So, I've... I've the, the only Bond films that I've seen... I've seen Quantum of Solace. Ugh. That doesn't make you want to see more Bond films. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I got dragged to it on a very bad day <laughs> to, to go see it in the theaters. And I was sitting there not knowing what the hell was going on. That is very much like mm. the bottom two or three for me. Yeah, that's that's way down there. Quantum of Solace, I do not like. It's not <laughs> so, it. Um, but no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was really interesting to see where... But, I mean, you, you if you're alive, you have a sense of what Bond is in, right. in a general sense if nothing else you know kind of what the tropes are mm-hmm. you know where some of this you can basically <laughs> explain you could explain James Bond to an alien from outer space even right. if you've never seen almost any anybody films. on earth could yes yeah. it would seem that way yeah. but this actually made me want to see more Bond films and see how it has progressed over the era we'll give you a list yeah. Of where yeah. to go. Oh, definitely. We've Quantum yeah. Solace will not be on Quantum it. Solace is not on the list. Mm-hmm. All right, Melissa, final thought on Goldfinger or thoughts? <laughs> oh, um, during the, uh, the, the model rising out of the floor scene, one mm-hmm. of the guys in the room that later dies is Gary Marshall, the guy who created Happy Days. Yes. Yes, I noticed that it was Gary Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An interesting Ta-da! little factoid. Um, one of the, uh, I guess, uh, just uh, my my parting, my final thought is that uh, I think as much as I like Goldfinger, uh, there have been numerous actors who have played Felix Leiter, and this one might have been my least favorite. Yeah, he's, he's really, really kind of bland and, and not very interesting. Yeah, they just keep changing Felix Leiter. It's yeah. like they can't get Felix Leiter. Felix right Leiter ever. is more of a Time Lord than, than James yeah. Bond. Where, whereas, you know, there are other actors who have already been in three Bond movies and keep going until the 90s. So, like, uh, Desmond Llewellyn, who plays Q, was in 17 Bond films. Wow. And, and and only recently died. He The only reason he stopped is because he died. And yeah. he, he died in a car accident. Not, yes. <laughs> not of old, not not of, of aging, uh, even though he was 80 when he died. But Yeah, uh, I, I think I think he was part cyborg, as, yeah. as is fitting for Q. Uh, Money and then Penny and Money M. Penny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Money Penny was is Lois Maxwell. She was in fourteen total Bond movies, and uh, M. Bernard Lee. I can't remember how many he did, but uh, Bernard Lee was. I think I think he stopped time. doing them because he passed away. I think. Yeah. I I, yeah. I could uh, that that's a guess. But, but Desmond uh, Llewellyn is the guy who has been in the most Bond. But films. there there's like a one of the henchmen, the 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 dude the, that brings Goldfinger, the um. The bomb, the bomb is Bert Kwok, right? Is it Bert? It's no. The the, the um. I think you're thinking of um. It, this guy has been in cameos. Yeah. In Just Bond movies place. until, like, up until like 2012. But he also became a producer of the movies later. Yeah. In his career. So so, so there are a lot of people, but. Felix Leiters don't show up again, mm-hmm. um, and this one's one of my least favorites. So that's that's um, that's where we're going to end it with uh, with Goldfinger. Now uh, we're going to continue our Bond theme by following Sean Connery into another film. Mm-hmm. The film we are going to follow Sean Connery into is The Untouchables, which uh, is a far cry 
from his role as James Bond, and yep. yet certainly informed by it. So oh, yeah. uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We want to thank Chris for joining us yes, and, thank you. And, and being our guinea pig with Goldfinger. Thank you for never seeing Goldfinger. That was the that hardest was hard. thing, was finding a person who had never seen Goldfinger. Eventually we're going to find somebody who's never seen Star Wars, and that's going to be an interesting episode. It will probably be a child. Yes, probably. <laughs> so uh, thank you much for listening. We'll catch you next time when we are doing The Untouchables. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.